You're listening to the I'll Make You Pancakes podcast, where hospitality comes with hotcakes, with your host, Kenesha Fisher. Well, hello there, hotcake host and hostesses. Thank you for tuning in yet again this week to listen to another episode of the I'll Make You Pancakes podcast. So glad to have you. Thanks for coming back. Listen, we have had great reviews. A ton of people have called in talking about the premiere that we had. So this was recorded a little bit later than that, but I just wanted to take another second to say thank you so much for vibing with me, for listening, for tuning in, and for letting me know what your feedback is. It has been an absolute blast, and today will be no different because in the house, ladies and gentlemen, is the one, the only LJ the Fiasco Bucket Hat King. Quit your worrying, ladies and gentlemen. LJ, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm well. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Long it has. Time coming. It's been a while. I tried to get you on the potluck a couple of times, but uh, our type of show is not for your type of audience, I don't think. <laughs> That's the facts. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Finally, man, finally got you on the mic. Uh, I'm glad you're doing your show. I'm so proud of you. I like I told you all week, so proud that you finally stepped out. You've been talking, you've been teasing this for a while, and uh, Literally we discussed like it. half a year, half a year. Yeah, we discussed it for the last six months, and I'm like, it's a dope concept. I wish I would have thought of it. Literally, I wish I would have thought of it or been able to get on it. So uh, now that I'm actually just a guest, I'll just be a guest and be very supportive. So uh, yeah, make sure I click subscribe and give her five stars on this, regardless if you hate my episode or not. <laughs> You probably won't, though. <laughs> you won't. You I never apologize for being dope, ever. Definitely will not be disappointed. <laughs> so, the Dine and Discuss of the day, we've got some great topics with LJ, and I'm really pumped that he brought them because I feel like they're really going to hit a couple of nerves with people, let people understand that uh, you're not the only person out there who thinks like this. But before mm-hmm. that, we got to have this star rate of our breakfast. So, the way that we do this here on the, the Pancake Podcast is we give it five pats of butter or one pat of butter. One pat of butter basically means that you're surprised that my dog's not dead because if she eats anything, Hilarious. it would be terrible. Mm. Uh, five pats of butter basically means that you're considering moving you and your wife into my basement just for the food alone. So where do you put your star-rated pie, uh, pancake podcast breakfast? I'm going to go ahead and give it four and a half stars. I'm going to take that four and, yeah, and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Only because I didn't have the butter. Uh, I think the butter may have already been in there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I'm fat. It's amazing. I've never put butter on top of my pancakes. Yeah. So I'm always amazed that people are like, oh, there's no pats of butter on top of here. Yeah, I need, oh. I need the actual pat of butter. But uh, you know what? I'm, being that, mm-hmm. I have a... A bourbon, a mimosa, a Louisville yeah, mimosa. It's a Louisville mimosa, personal recipe. It's, I'm, I'm bumping up to five. That that suffices for the uh, for the butter not that being on there. It. But that does it. I've never had any complaints about your cooking. Like uh, I was over here for Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. uh, New Year's Eve, whatever it was, oh, and the um, New Year's uh, Christmas giving party. I had to make myself leave because you had the the grits or the cream wheat or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You had the turkey sauces because I don't do the swine. Uh, Poor guy. It was a. Uh, it was exceptional. Yeah. So I'm, as I take a sip of my... <laughs> sip, sip of that Louisville mimosa. Me. There. I'm going to have to make sure yourselves. that I put the uh, recipe for my famous Louisville mimosas online. I mean, take a, take a sip. Take no, a no, whole I, sip. No, Read no, it. I just want to savor it. It's a long show. <laughs> Go ahead. That's I'm going to get parched with all this parched. preaching I'm about to do. You got to preach to him. Let him know. Well, the first topic that LJ is actually bringing to the table, mm. uh, I'm really glad that I had a gentleman be the first one to bring up this topic because in our society, I feel like anxiety and depression are... Not only huge topics, but they are huge topics among women comfortably. Like women have no problem saying, you know, I have anxiety or, you know, I have depressive episodes Mm. or I'm on medication for depression. But guys in general, the way that they've been raised or even just the the mentality, I guess you can say, quote unquote, toxic masculinity is that guys don't suffer with this. So as you like to say. 
show light. Those wasn't actually my topics. I, I want to talk about lace fronts and bad weaves. I don't. <laughs> it was there a miss? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you get the wrong form? D- did I lace email this? No. Uh, no. Honestly, man, uh, it's it's crazy because it. <laughs> golly. <laughs> It is it's it's something that the black community that I feel like the black community has a hard time expressing uh themselves and a hard time getting into um you know their feelings because everybody's always just like especially for black men, all we've been told since we were kids is be a man, man up, don't cry, men don't cry all this, but like, you know, you don't have anybody to express anything to because you don't want to feel vulnerable. Um and then you hold all that in. Right. And it gets taken out on people who do not deserve uh, you know the wrath of all your anger that you built up for however many years. Uh, I recently married. Mm-hmm. I've been married what now? Uh, oh, like seven, about, eight months. About eight months. Yeah. Uh, you in the fold? And I just notice a lot of men. I'm not going to give you the whole tale, but I noticed that a lot of times I was taking out my frustration on my wife. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with her, but it was a lot of a lot of stuff that did what I'm dealing with at work. Being black in America, just mm-hmm. like stuff that happened in life, something happened to me years ago that she had nothing to do with, and it's just all bottled up. So I think it's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about because we don't want to seem vulnerable. We don't want to seem like, you know, we're we're weak right. in everybody else's eyes, especially with anxiety. A lot of people are just like, man, you know, they they joke about it, but it's a real deal thing, and I feel like, you know talking about it has helped me get through a whole lot of stuff because you'd be surprised at how many people relate to that. Yeah. And you know my crew. Yeah, um, <laughs> I do. I know my, crew. my crew, I, I, I recently opened up to them about some stuff and I'm like, man, I, I just don't want y'all looking at me like that. And when I tell you it was like sitting on Dr. Phil's couch and everybody was just like, well, here's my, everybody was just opening up and just letting it all out. Now, you know, Brittany was crying because that's what she do. <laughs> shout out. That's not, shout, to, shout out to the homie, my co-host, uh, Britagious. Um, I didn't think, you know, we, we joke around a lot. We do. We joke a lot. But I, I really was scared to tell her because I felt like she would just be like, you know, mm, you man look, look at yeah. this. But she was just like, it's open real. and she was just like here's my story and here's how I got through it and you know I thank her for that and I also thank my homeboy Kev and also uh, my homeboy Baylor who's out on the west coast he has some some really uh, some issues that we are dealing with the same thing and I called him a couple weeks ago from work yeah. and I'm just like man I can't tell my wife about this I know you've dealt with it in the past only he has a podcast and I'm just like what are you doing he was just like man I feel you on all that yeah. yeah I just need to talk I just need somebody to talk to so yeah, yeah. well you know, first of all, hats off to you for recognizing that there's certain things that are going to help. There's certain things that are going to make things better. A lot of people don't get to the point where they feel comfortable enough or they don't have friends that they can really confide in or right. they feel like they don't. But here you are saying once you did that and you got over that that boundary of what are people going to think, you realize almost everybody is dealing with the same situation. Right. Now, you heard me talking to your son when he was down here, uh, your older son, and mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I, 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 I rock with you. Excuse me, I almost said something else. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I rock with you. Mm-hmm. Another four-letter word. Yeah. Um, because you're yourself. And every time I see him, he's himself. He doesn't care yeah. what people think about them. And for the longest time. It has its benefits and, and its negatives. I'm almost 38. You know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm up there for, the, for years. I cared about what people thought. Yeah. Because you want to conform to what people think. And like now it's just like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't have time to care. I don't, like, I'm accepted. I, I think right after 33 <laughs> for me, and mind you, I always feel like things happen for me a little bit early because I had kids really early. And right. I think having children really puts you in a different category of living. But right after 33, I realized I didn't have to respond to everything. Right. Like not everything required uh, my anger to flare up. Mm. I 
really started to look at things in a different light and I wasn't as effective. But for me personally on the anxiety and depression tip, uh, last year was just a really hard year. The last two years have been hard. Mm. Like we had, I think you get to a season of now where all of a sudden things that weren't happening to you, they happen. You start to experience a lot more loss. You start to experience um, just a lot more complacency in where you are in life. And it's, it's difficult to take in. And for me, I had a whole bunch of loss in 2017, right. which turned into, for me, I couldn't focus. Mm. I was making simple mistakes that cost me, mm-hmm. uh, both business-wise and family-wise. And I said, I can't do this anymore. So I talked to my professional care provider, and she sent me to Edelson & Associates, which is here locally. It's um, kind of a psychological evaluation place. And I went through two, three days worth of testing. And I thought, man, this is really extensive. And I found out a lot about myself just from those tests and understanding like how my brain worked, why I process certain things a certain way. And I was diagnosed with something called general anxiety disorder. Immediately angry. Like when I tell you I was hot Mm -hmm. when she even said those words because Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anxious because in my mind, and what she confirmed is so many of us see anxiety as a piglet from, from Winnie the Pooh. Right. So you see somebody who can't do anything because they're so gripped with fear. That is a form of anxiety. But anxiety showcases itself for a lot of us as um, trying to be in control of things that we might not be in control of. Trying to stay ahead of what life will throw at us so that we can stay in control. And when you lose control that's where your anxiety pivots to a new level. So, you know, I was put on antidepressants for a little while. They ended up not working out for me, but another facet of medication did. Like now I'm on Vyvanse, which is to control portions of my ADHD, which has helped to eliminate a lot of those anxious moments. But not talking about that or, you know, the stigma that comes. I see people all the time because one of my sons is on ADHD medicine. Mm. The stigma behind being on medication is awful. People always tell, oh, if you put your kids on medication, it's right. just because you, you ain't disciplined them and they, they're not reading. Right. Mm. Yeah. You have this child in your house for about seven minutes unmedicated and you'll be like, oh, okay, that's how this works. I, to me, the main thing was that I, I felt like I couldn't go to anybody in my family because I've been told my entire life, raised up in church my entire life until recently, but uh, <laughs> been told, just pray about it. Mm. Jesus will understand you seem to pray more which if you if you're praying into the word you wouldn't because God doesn't give us a spirit of you I'm saying all the cliches that you've heard yeah and it's not true because to me they can be true but not when used as a crutch I don't want to hear that as a crutch like if I'm going through some situations to where like I don't have I feel like I don't have anybody to talk to the last thing I want to hear is like well you know, I don't know where that comes from, but you need to just get into your word more and that'll hit. No, like reading this, I've read the Bible many times all the way through. I've read it at least several times all the way through. I know it front and back. Yeah. But that doesn't help me in real life situations at times. It does not. I mean, there's certain stories, certain people in the Bible that you can take things away from uh, that can help you. Um, and when you have your grandma and your mom telling you that, or sometimes close relatives, close friends, just talking about that, it really, it really upsets you because there's nobody that you can talk to in that situation. Mm-hmm. And to me, being anxious was like, okay, I'm being fearful, and I don't want to be on any uh, any medication. I don't want to be on you know Xanax or anything like that. It's going to calm me down. I just want to kind of just like let it be, and it'll go away. It'll get better because right now it's just a low. And sometimes it just you know I know people who they're always sad. It's always low, and I can't be the strong person. And this is what I credit Brittany with because she she helped me realize this. I never I never realized it. She was just like check on your strong friend. Yeah. And that was just like here I am 
Brittany, me, me and Brittany clown all day long. All we time. joke all the time. We have so much fun together. We've had so many great times together, but I never thought to pick up the phone like, how are you doing? Right. Never thought to. And then when she's struggling, I remember one day uh, she told me, uh, and I felt so bad, and I never told her this until, like, you know, I guess you'll hear the show, but uh, she was struggling with something for like a year or two by herself. You had no idea. No idea. And I was always like, I was just like just being really hard on her or whatever. I was just like, you know, we need to get the show out. It's potluck or whatever. You need to quit BSing. And she was like, okay. But it didn't, it didn't cross my mind. Brittany has two kids. Brittany's doing a lot of this on her own. And you know this because you're close to her. It's I'm not very like close. she's I see some it. random person. No, I right. see it. I see it. But it never, it never, because Brittany's always clowning. Brittany's always like Facebook and social media and all that other stuff. Instagram, it paints a portrait that is not true at times. Mm-hmm. Not saying she's fake, but like. You look at her life, it's like, oh, she's being funny. She's she's a joyous person. She's not sad. But Brittany may have been going through some things. And you know, whatever those things were, because even I don't know, and I'm not putting her business out there like that, but whatever Brittany was going through, I felt bad that I was not there. Okay. And the same thing with Kev, yeah. my other great friend. Kev was going through some things for years mm-hmm. that he was dealing with. And I always would unload on Kev with my issues. Mm-hmm. And he would just listen, like you're doing right now. And... um now it comes to the point where I'm like, man, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, just, there's nothing wrong with calling your homeboy or homegirl and just saying, how are you? Yeah. Or what's going on? Do you have something? Because sometimes that's all it really takes. Um, the thing I realized with marriage is that at times my wife doesn't want to talk to me. And that's not a bad thing. She just needs her own personal time and mm-hmm. space. And she just or needs, she needs to talk it through with somebody else. Or she just needs alone time. Or I'm just not the person that she needs to talk about these issues with. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But me being a writer part-time me being a podcast host and all this other stuff i'm very very descriptive Mm -hmm. i can't just say i went to the game today it was fun and come home no i have to say i went to the game today i saw this person saw this wore this this was red this happened this happened at this point in the game it has to be descriptive because if i don't i feel i'm incomplete right it's weird no it's not weird i completely understand (laughs) it's very weird and i think certain people have that ability to be descriptive in their talk descriptive and it takes, you know, being married to someone who's not like that to make to show you and kind of highlight, whoa, okay, I can see where I'm probably a little annoying at times. But like yeah. you and I, you know, we talk on a regular basis. You're a really good friend of mine. And I think our ability to go back and forth and boom, 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 and hit 15 different topics in this amount of time, not everybody can do that. So you need to focus in on, you know, which relationships are good for what aspect of your life that you're Correct. in. So, so with me, I had to learn with marriage, of course, how to tone things back. Cause I'm like, we were talking a couple of weeks ago and I just stopped and said, you don't care about this. And she looked at me, she was like, I'm, I'm like, I said, you're listening, but you don't care about this. Right. And she, I was just like, let me just stop wasting your time. And she was just like, well, it's not, I said, no, 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 I understand. I'm wasting your time. Cause you don't care. She was like, and then finally she was like, I really don't. But mm-hmm. I'm just listening because this is something that makes you happy. That's like, real. And I'm just like, Hmm. So, um, with me and you, Kanisha, we can talk about everything. We can talk about that they let us because there's so many things we can talk about. Like, her mind is just like cliff notes. Mm-hmm. What happened? Who, what, when? Where? Okay, now. Is, is there something else? that needs to be Is there something next? else? Nothing? Okay, bye. Like, with mine, I'm just like, nope, you got to get the whole novel. I got to give you the whole documentary right now because... Oh, so I feel like I'm incomplete. I understand Very that. incomplete. And it's so frustrating at times because I want to get to the end of the story. But if I don't get to the end of the story... It makes me anxious because I'm just like, I'm not complete. They didn't get to see the whole details. It mm-hmm. sucks so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's terrible, but I mean, it's my life. Uh, there's been numerous times I've gotten to the end of the day and I told somebody this the other day and they looked at me all crazy. 
And I will say, ooh, I don't think I used enough words today. I don't think I, I feel like there, I, I just want to talk something through mm. to where I think I have a word count that in order for my brain to get the mental activity that it needs, right. in order for it to get through the hamster wheel and wear itself out so that I can even sleep at the end of the day. Because if not, those words, they're going to they gonna come from somewhere and I'm the person who's going to hear them. So I know that it's not going to be Jason some days. <laughs> I know that he's going to listen, but there's sometimes I need somebody to listen. There's sometimes I need feedback. So I think we say all this to say that in the effect, when it comes down to anxiety and depression, a lot of those things come from not having a really good support system. Right. You feel anxious on your own. You feel depressed on your own. And without having people to fine tune what it is that you need at that moment, because there's been numerous times we've gotten off the phone, you'd be like, hey, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. I'll put the headphones in, get some editing done. I hear you. Let, let me let me hear what you have to say. And I think that's why both of us are kind of drawn toward the idea of podcast because it's like, hey, this gives us an opportunity to hash some stuff out and really it's see therapy. how we feel about stuff. Yeah, it's therapy, which is why I'm glad you're doing it. Um, when you don't have that, and I, I imagine there's a lot of people out there that don't have that, mm-hmm. and it's just like they have no one that will listen to them and nobody they have anything in common to. As many times as I sat wherever I've been, I'm like, I have nothing in common with these people. Why am I here? Mm. Like, I do not rock. And there's a certain group of people that you know for a fact I don't rock with. Mm-hmm. And people are like, why not? I'm like, I just, I just don't have anything in common with them. I like being my own. Team. And if, I, if there was such a thing as an intro-extrovert, that's me. Is some you? days I like to be alone. Some days I need everybody around. Some days I need the attention. Some days I don't. Um, it's just certain, certain aspects of, like, being black, I guess, that we just... And not all of us, but a, a ton of black people that I know refuse to accept it because your grandmother, your mom, your dad, your uncle, like whoever. Like leaving at your cast iron skillet with soap. That's whatever. Listen. <laughs> and on that note. I'm just going to have, we'll, we'll discuss that at the end of the show if there's time. Uh, there's not time right now. Mm-hmm. But I need that soap in that cast iron skillet. Hey, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I love Thanks fish to death. That's the homie. But mm-hmm. fish, you're wrong on this one, brother. Boom. Yeah, wash that out. Thoroughly. Oh. Thoroughly. No, but like having grandma and all them, like, ain't nothing wrong with you. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that boy. He's just, you know, just going through some things, going, growing pains or whatever. But no, there is something wrong with him. He's dealing. He's dealing with some things. And there's nothing that you can say to him, but just like sometimes people just want you to, they just want to feel like they're being heard. Yeah. Like your voice matters or whatnot. Writing has helped me so much because I get to be out of my head and mm. I get to put thoughts to paper and it amazes me. Really, it does. How many people rock with my stuff? Yeah. And the, like a lot of people, this lady saw me the other day at the game, and she was just like, what media are you? And I'm like, I'll write for the Crunch Zone or whatever, whatever. And so she, you know, invaded my space a little bit. She grabbed my little media pass. I'm like, okay, don't touch me. <laughs> but, you know, some people are just abrasive. Yeah. But uh, she was like, oh, you're LJ the Fiasco. And I'm like, yeah. She was like, I can tell by your voice. I love your work. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like, you don't have to read my stuff, but it just helps that people agree with what I do. I mean, they, they sometimes relate to what I do, so they disagree at times, and that's fine. Uh, but it's helped a lot, because if I didn't have that, I wonder what I would do with myself. Yeah. And I never would have thought, never would have thought that I would be doing what I'm doing now for the University of Louisville, because I've loved Louisville basketball so long, Louisville yeah. football you too for so long. You are the biggest fan that I know. Hands I'm down. one of them, yeah. There's people bigger than me, but... But that I know. You heard that part. The opportunities that it's brought me Cause I thought, man, I'm I'm the one guy that doesn't have a talent. Like everybody has a talent. Somebody can play piano real well. Some people can sing. Some people can dance. Some people can do all this. I'm like, man, I don't have none of that. I can't do none of that stuff. I'm just gonna be me and be sarcastic and be, you know, saying the Negro that I am. And now, you know, I can write. I can. And you write well. And I've told you before that one of the reasons why I read what you write. I'm not 
I am like I'm one of those um, sideline sports people. Mm. I have my teams that I like. I understand how sports works, mm. but watching every single game not a necessity for me. Uh, I'm ne- I'm never gonna record a game and go back and watch it when I know that I could just find out the score. That stresses me out. But people do it all the time. Uh, I would just rather. Oh, we lost. Cool. That's guilty. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. And that's for each person. But when I read what you write, the descriptiveness and the the lack of like excessive sports jargon makes it to where I can communicate my thoughts in what you're saying. I'd be like, oh, okay, I feel what that, I know what that feels like. You can take a situation like a loss and you can compare it to something. And I'm like, dude, I feel you. This is, oh, that's why that's such a big loss. Oh, I understand now that, you know, we've been beat to sleep by Duke X amount of times. And that's why that huge loss that we had was the way that it was. He's going to put that on on here on the show. It's fine. I mean, PTSD, I'm just not getting over it. Just now getting over, it was, starting, it was a great just starting to eat solid foods again. Sorry, but you know, yeah. let's go ahead and bring that back, back up to the bread diet. So, what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, I've always enjoyed reading what you write because it allows me to feel included. I write from a fan's perspective, right? Because I am one. But every fan's perspective, not just your yeah. rooting tune only shirts I have or U of L. I've got my phone finger in the air. I'm at every single game season ticket holder. You also communicate to someone who's like me, who's Team U of L, cool. My parents went to U of L. I went right. to U of L for like 15 minutes when I was at JCC. Had Go class cards. over there. Go mm-hmm. cards. Yeah, my husband went to U. Cool. Barely. Right. Okay. Uh. But full circle with you know anxiety and depression. There was a point that got made in a mm-hmm. sermon I heard a couple months ago uh, that said men have been taught to react in two ways: either violence or silence. Mm. And that struck a nerve with me. That's almost like fight or flight a little bit. It really is. Mm. But from a young age, men are told, suck it up, man up, get it together. And that's the silence part. You don't communicate your failures. You don't communicate your fears, your anxieties, your your sadness. Or you immediately revert to being angry. When a guy is in an emotional state, the only one that we allow him to have is to immediately be like, man, F this. You know, we're throwing stuff. And that's where you get this angry Angry black man syndrome. Mm. syndrome. And it's even worse for black men because the perceived fear of black men is even worse when you all reach a level of anger. And the movie that came out, the Disney movie Inside Out, uh, I, I think I told somebody on the last podcast, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Because it explains so much about our emotional standards in this in this society mm. and so the concept of the movie is there's a little girl all of her emotions are learning how to be emotions within her from the time she's a baby she's about 11 or 12 so she's going through puberty god help us and all of her emotions are starting to fight so there's five major emotions joy sadness fear anger disgust so they're all dressed up they all have their colors and you can see them and they're represented really easy so you pan to her parents So each of her parents has these same five emotions. They all sit kind of at a panel. Well, one thing that I noticed that Disney was really good about portraying was in this movie, you have in the mom's mind, she has all five emotions, but they're all dressed up like sadness. Hmm. So they all have the same haircut as sadness. They all have the same glasses as sadness, but they're all each fear, disgust, joy, sadness, anger. But they're all dressed up just like sadness. Mm -hmm. In the dad's mind, he has all five, but they're all dressed up like anger. And I was like, Disney did it. They did it because the main emotion that you get with women, especially after they have children, 
is this constant feeling of loss. Oh, right. oh my baby's growing up too fast. Oh, uh, I, I just can't keep up. You know, even the joy that you have is so saturated in sadness as a mother and as a woman. But men, you bet not ever show that you're, af- to physically say, I am afraid, is comical. And I, I, I definitely can say that I've, you know, pushed that button and, and, and you know, poked that, poked that bear in making fun of, you know, a fearful situation and not recognizing that you have every right to be fearful. Right. You know, I toy around with Jason when we went on our honeymoon and he wanted to go swim with these dolphins. It's all he ever wanted to do. We get there. He's sitting there holding on to this life jacket like it was supposed to be connected to his, <laughs> his skin. And as he jumps into the pool, he goes, I'm afraid. <laughs> and, like, <jumps> in. <laughs> and when you think about Jason, like he's this big, burly dude and he's cool. But in that moment, for him to say, I'm afraid, I really want to do this, and I'm going to do it afraid, but not to be like, oh, I ain't no punk. That's not what he contributed. So I think that violence versus silence leaves a lot of men in silence when they're dealing with things that they can't express in anger. Well, you don't want to be mocked either because like most the time people just gonna mind like oh look at this dude over here especially barbershop talk is what I call it. it's just like you got these guys that you hang out with they're your boys but they're gonna jab at you a little bit like man look at this. he said he's scared everybody everybody look at this dude this mm. like and it's, it's it's joking but then again that's humiliating it's humiliating at times yeah uh, there's times that where we joke and, and I'm guilty of it as well like I'll poke at things and somebody's like somebody's really insecure about that and I'm like I everybody look at this blah and they're just like ah, okay that's enough like stop move yeah. on now yeah. Um, it's funny that you bring it up about the fear thing because um, talking about things with my wife and talking about things with others, they don't understand. I didn't think people understood what I understood. And I'm like, it got to the point after I got married how my anxiety got worse. Mm. And um, I say that because I'm like, okay, now I'm responsible. Brittany asked me how I was married life on a show once. And I said, I am now responsible for somebody else other than myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I was always responsible for her. But now that's my wife. I have to protect her. And when we have kids, it's probably going to get even worse. I know yeah. it will. So when we go out of the town. The having kids makes it feel worse sometimes. When, when we go out of town, I have a cold. When we when we go visit my, my cousin or any family or whatever, I have a cold. I'm not stopping unless it's a major, major, major uh, rest area to where there's many things around. Mm-hmm. I'm not stopping in the middle of nowhere. You're not putting yourself in danger, but definitely not your yeah. wife. My, I remember we were in Atlanta. She was like, let's just ease into the day and just get back. I said, no, let's go now. Let's mm-hmm. go home. Because the more we hang around out here in Atlanta, Georgia, the more something's going to happen on the way home. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather be on our way back so we can get home, so we can be safe in our own city and not in, uh, you know what I'm saying, two below Tennessee or whatever to where population 200 and like 199 of those are white or whatever. <laughs> and I think that lends itself to identifying the fact that black right. people have to carry a different level of fear when it comes to certain things. I'm, I mean, I'm not terrified, but I don't know what's that. I mean, they call it the open road for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not in your comfort zone. You're out there, and like, you got them people that's been up in the hills and the mountains for all their life, and they know those back roads, and I don't. You go to pump gas somewhere, and you just, that's I, what I'm saying. Just like, they ain't, we, we, the last time we saw him was in Knoxville, Tennessee. He <laughs> Here's the last footage, the last known footage of LJ. It's him walking into a gas station, then all of a sudden he don't come back out. And I never come home. Pass. And they, they find the car in like a creek nope. two, two days later, and I'm never to be heard from again. And to some people, this sounds absolutely ridiculous. But oh it's my not. gosh, why would you think that? I try all the time cool but traveling while black definitely has its anxiety levels anything while black has its anxiety levels parenting while black is absolutely mind-numbing on working a while basis. black working and i say black. that the other day one of my co-workers popped off at me Ooh. In, a, in an email yes. and i wrote back and i was just like man every time i deal with her she has an issue and they was like maybe she have a sit down i said no nah. 
Mm-mm. I said, because I know how this is going to go. It's going to be, oh, he's angry. He's always upset. And she's going to be the victim. And I'm going to be the one that's going to be portrayed as a villain. I'm good. I'm just keeping There's my distance. There's a lot of things that we just have to deal with. There's a lot of things. I'm not trying to make it all about, like, you know, I, black men are just like the always victimized. Um, we are. But you but, are. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. Wait, we wait, are. Oh, hold on. You are. But uh, I, I choose to just mind my business, do my own thing. But. That and just being depressed, man, it's, it's certain things I try to be mindful of because as much as I jab with people and joke with people, I understand there's certain things I'm not going to touch yeah. and certain, there's certain buttons I'm not going to push. And that's one of them because I don't want to be the cause. I My whole thing is like, don't end up being in the letter. Mm. And I say that because like, I don't want to hear like, well, you know, certain times I was victimized by LJ. He said this and I'm like, yeah. am I the reason this guy hung himself? Mm-hmm. That's something to live with. Well, and not, e- not even hung himself. I like the term. I like that term. You know, I don't want to be in the letter. Don't be in the letter. I, I probably will use that from here on out. But well, I got a copywritten, so you probably can't. Shut up. So with that. Yeah, sip this drink. What you talk? <laughs> the thought. Oh, my, are you. Okay, Brittany. It's a mason jar. What you want me to do? It's got lemonade and ice and other things that help the body move. It's, it, limestone water keeps your allergies down. Um, so, <laughs> I have I have a genuine friend, no mm-hmm. joke. One day he's sitting on my couch, one of my best friends. We had just gone out for derby. It's six o'clock in the morning. He pulls a full bottle of Eagle Rare Bourbon out of his bag, takes the lid off, drinks it, lit, caps it, puts it back in the bottle. I said, um, "Is there a reason why you're just drinking bourbon straight out of a bottle?" Without hesitation, he looks me dead in my face. He goes. Limestone water helps keep my allergies in check. You just, that's a whole lie. Like, that's not true. Yeah, it is. Is it? Don't. Do not. Is it a lie? No, it's not. Yes, it's a, stop. So, anywho, you you know what? (laughs) This is why I can't mess with you. Real talk. Because you're you're a whole fool. This is why we got to do this. Do you have tangible proof of evidence that, do you have tangible evidence that that limestone water does not help the allergies? I haven't researched it, but it, you'll give me something to do. I'll so you, you just much. crapped on his whole analogy because you haven't researched it. You don't know him. He's crazy. So with that, I will get back to the topic we were I'm speaking sorry. of. Um, community. No, somebody, somebody said that community cost you something. Mm. And with you saying, I don't want to be in the letter. To reach out to someone, a lot of the reasons why people won't just reach out to someone is because it's going to get you messy. If you reaching down to help somebody out of the mud, you're going to get a little mud on you. You can't be like, oh, I hope you're doing okay, and stay clean. Like, you need to be willing to have some sacrifices. So to stay out of the letter, not only does that mean don't put yourself out there with making fun of people or, you know, highlighting their insecurities, it's also finding out what those are, why they have them, sitting down, making a plan with people, coming alongside, taking the time, even if it takes longer than you feel comfortable. Sometimes you have to give up to have true community. You can be a friend. You can be a sideline. That's where that's where garage doors come into play. We have neighbors all around us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we pull into that garage, we push the button, we wave at our neighbors, we go inside, we close the door behind us. Mm-hmm. And we come into these islands of ourselves to where if it's going to cost us something, mm-hmm. we're not going to do it. And that's a danger because we are leaving people who we all have gifts. And this is going to sound real holier than thou. We have gifts that aren't for us. So if you're just stashing your gifts, you're being spiritually obese. You're being community obese. You're taking everything you can get from the community without using the exercise of giving out yourself to other people. And that's why so many of us have this isolated island of anxiety and depression because right. we just don't have anybody that's willing to get in the mud with us. I thought the the main thing that I'm going to take away from what you just said, I'm going to piggyback on that. I hate the term. I used to love it. I used to use it all the time, thoughts and prayers. Mm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it yeah. and because 
it's just a cop out. And it's just a way to basically be like, okay, here's what I said to you. This is going to help. My thought, no, we need a solution to the problem. All right. What good is it if my son's been murdered or my daughter was shot up in the school to offer me thoughts and prayers? Yeah. It's definitely not going to bring them back, but is it going to fix the issue so no one else has to go through what I'm going through right now? No, it's not. So when people say, oh, sorry for your loss or, you know, I'm praying for you. Are you really? Are here's, you really? Here's what's so bad about that. Here's, here's what hurts my heart. Thoughts and prayers are effective in their own way. The fact that something happens to somebody and they're in my thoughts, they really are. Sure. I hope that I'm not saying that with an empty, an empty, you know, background. Prayers. I do believe in the power of prayer. I mm. believe that prayer works. And I believe that, you know, when people pray collectively, things change. But when you start to use it as an easy button, like you got it from Staples, that's, what I'm about. that's the problem. And I think thoughts and prayers need to come along. I think you need to say thoughts and prayers as you're leaving out from doing something. I hate the fact that if I'm telling you I'm starving, my lights are off, what good is thoughts and prayers going to do? I'm still going home to a dark house with no food in it. If you can give me a sandwich (laughs) and be like, all right, how much is the light bill? Okay, let's see what we can do to get that back on for you. And then as you're leaving in my warm house with my lights on and my stomach full, you say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If there's anything else we can do, right. let us know. Right. That means way more. And you can, you've, you've, I mean, I know you know this from experience, just listening to somebody. Exactly. They might not like, some people don't even want anything from you. They just want, they just want to be heard. They just want you to listen to them. And it's just like, man, I don't need anything. I just need to vent. I just need to vent. Go. Well, and I'll, I'll sit there and I'll shut up and I won't try to offer. There's nothing worse than somebody venting to you and you're just like, well, here's my situation because I was, I told no. my, no, I don't want to hear that. No, I don't that. like, you shut your mouth and you listen right now and then maybe I'll entertain whatever you have to say in the rebuttal. Maybe, probably not. But it does me no good to hear your situation when I'm going through something that, of my own. Mm-hmm. It may help me get through it, but if I'm If it's venting, used as an example and not a, well, this is my life, so you should be able to get over it too. If I want to be a photographer like you. Mm-hmm. And I want to know the ins and outs of being a photographer, how to shoot, what to do, what your motivation is. I'm not going to sit here and ask you questions and talk over you the entire time. I'm going to sit here and take notes and listen mm-hmm. and educate myself. The same thing you did when you were starting this podcast. LJ, what you use, how you put it out there, how you do this, what, you, what kind of equipment, what should I do? And I'm like, boom, here's the information. I'm not, if you and need anything. And I'm coming back at you like, hey, well, you should do. No. Bruh. And if you do have a better solution or a better way to do things that I'm not aware of, by all means, let me know. Right. But that comes once we've had a communication with one another. It comes because we have a relationship with one another. I found this really interesting that people in other countries find it hilarious when uh, Americans come over and they say things like, how are you doing? That sentence, like you'll find someone that's not American and they'll be like, why would you ask me that? Because, I, and the reason why I know this is because I had a, a young man who used to work at a restaurant I worked at. And I came in one day, and I was like, oh, hey, such and such, how you doing? And he was like, do, do you really want to know, or is this just the way the Americans say it? Mm. And I said, oh. He said, because I'm, I'm really not doing all that great. And I said, because I was mid-walk when I said it. Because we're so used to saying, you know, the elevator meeting, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm well. How's the family? Oh, we're well. Cool. But these people are dying. So he says, I'm really not doing well, but I don't think you want to know that. And so I stopped and I was like, yeah, I do. What's going on? That's real. But like, that's what happens because we have become a culture of I'm doing okay. We, you'll walk past someone you don't know in the street. Hey, how you doing? It's, it's literally the next sentence after hello. Every single time. That's, that's Isn't that crazy? Program. I think about every morning when I see somebody I know or don't want to talk to. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? You good? And you just, 
you immediately assume that they're going to be like, I'm all right. Good. Good. Sure. Yeah. And you, good. you don't stop pace. You keep moving. But if you were to say, hey, how you doing? And somebody goes, actually, I'm doing really terrible. What are you going to do right then? So now I feel like I'm obligated oh. to sit here and hear your story. Like, damn, he really okay. does want to talk. Okay. Um, this, uh, I got a meeting. That's what Tell we Tell you do. what, I'm going to text you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Thoughts and prayers. But, you know, text me what the issue is. And when I've got it down, we have got to be ready. Community costs you something. And this and this brings me all the way back to the uh, depression part to where most people feel like they didn't have an option. They didn't have anybody to want to hear them because we're such in a damn rush. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a rush. And I'm guilty of it. You're probably guilty of it. A lot of people are guilty of it because we're always in a rush to go do something else mm-hmm. or go make somebody else happy. And that's why people just like... I, I look at families who've lost people to depression and, you know, they just like, I just didn't realize it. I just yep. never really saw the signs because he seemed like he was just okay. And now it's the kids. I got a, my son, my 17-year-old son, is it Central? Uh, Go Jackets. Young, oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Go homeschool. Uh, and some young woman, uh, I think it was last week or the week before that, uh, killed herself. Mm. And her boyfriend is one of his close friends. He was like, I, I knew she was like... Not always happy, but I didn't know it was that bad. This is supposed to be her boyfriend. Mm. You can't blame this kid. He's a 17-year-old kid. He don't know. You don't know the ins and outs. Someone once told me that we get the 2D version. We get the flat cutout yeah. version of people, and you don't know what wins somebody is holding back in their 3D version. You don't know what's going on behind them. They're just going to show you the best foot forward. And someone did a really cool photography image of uh it's a side by side so if you go on instagram you know how you can move the picture but Mm -hmm. it's one large picture so it's like a half of a face and then the other side just shows you like devastation and um matter of fact shout out to uh avery he is my husband's cousin's husband's what brother Uh, i met him at thanksgiving so it was really cool because he's a photographer who's also a server so we were just like oh my gosh we have so much common uh he's a younger cat really about it loves the lord but he started (laughs) loves the lord (laughs) gotta put that out there uh he started this series where he's doing this back and forth and I'm amazed by it. First of all, cause it's photography. So I'm always going to be like, Oh, that's dope. But he's like photography. He's like Photoshop kid. And I'm like film kid. So I'm like, you really shoot that. But his artwork is amazing. So he has this one where you see this mom and like on this side, she's like, you know, perfectly normal. And then you span, span over, she's like beat up and mm-hmm. it's about domestic violence. And the other one, you see this dude, like he's on a rooftop. He looks like business, but then you pan over and he's holding a gun to his head. You're like, dang, you just don't know. You don't know what other people are going through. Never know. Uh, you never know what somebody's going through. Um, it's it's morbid and it's 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 reality. Um, I always think about Robin Williams a yeah. lot, a lot. The funny, one of the funniest men in America, one of the best actors. You know, uh, all his classic movies that he did, and he was going through so much pain, he killed himself. Mm-hmm. Kate Spade, mm-hmm. another one. All the money in the world, money unhappy. Yeah, it's not everything, and I, I mean. I guess it's, it takes just being happy about something to find something in you or finding something that makes you happy, finding, something, finding yourself in things yeah. to get you through it. Um, and I'm not trying to downplay depression. I'm not trying to say, you know, you'll, you'll be fine because some people do need to some be medicated. People some people aren't, but yeah. they won't. But I, I just don't want to be the reason, like I said, to end up in the litter. And I don't want to be the guy who comes home and finds something um, or comes to find a family member or a friend and, and know that they were hurt and I couldn't do anything to help them because yeah. they were trying to reach out, but they just didn't know how. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I'll take this as a opportunity to really call some attention to some things. I would love it if not only the people who are listening would challenge themselves to maybe talk about your situation. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that you are um, squelching? And you're more than welcome to, you know, send it in an email or even post when I post this, you know, just write 
how is it that you have dealt with anxiety and depression, maybe in both um, medicinal ways or in clinical ways that, you know, are well known, but what are some things you do? I know I had a friend who started running. That to me is not a way to get rid of anxiety and depression, but for her, it was a godsend. It was all she needed. The gym is great for that. Oh, I'm not going there either, but... (laughs) Listen, I'm a gym atheist. I know it. I know it works for other people. I just don't believe in it. So, with that, fair. Yes, one day we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> terrible. I'm trying to be better as a person. You're not helping. With that, uh, send us an email: makeypancakespodcast at gmail And not only feel comfortable talking about some of the things that you bring up, and if you wanted to stay anonymous, feel free to do that, and I'll, I'll post about it. But I want to challenge you. You know what LJ said: reach out to your strong friends. That's something that gets said a lot. You may not know who your strong friends are, but look at the people who are consistently there, consistently listening, always ready to do, always in a good mood, making making something out of nothing, and offer something. You know, it's tax season. Everybody got a little bit of change. So <sighs> do they? I know, right? Do they? Um, figure out if there's something you can do tangible. It doesn't have to be to give money. Is there a meal you can make for somebody that just had a baby? Is there um, some kids you can drop off for a friend who's having to go here, there, and everywhere? If you have some tangible resources, let's say you have a car you're not using, you have um, you know, a room you're not using, can you really be of service? Can you really be of community? Can you go without so that somebody else can feel what it's like to know that somebody cares that much. I forgot your uh, love letter, love language is acts of service. Acts of service, I man. It was. Hey. I, I'm listening to I'm like, oh, oh yeah, your acts of service. I always get it mixed up. And to and to go off what LJ said, take that test. Um, five, the number five lovelanguages.com will change your life, not only in your relationships, but how you relate to the world. Yeah. Because knowing how you show love is important. Like yeah. I am high levels of acts of service more than anything. Level uh, acts of service, quality time, physical touch. Um, words of affirmation, gifts are the five love languages. Well, do you know what you are? Quality time, uh, gifts of affirmation. That's not a thing. Words I mean, of uh, affirmation? Words of affirmation, sorry. Um, so your quality time, words of affirmation are your top two. Yeah, I always tell people to pay I think gifts was two. last. Uh, gifts is last. Acts of service is like number four and the yeah. other one. I think. I, can't, I haven't taken it in a couple of years, so I need to take it again to see how it is, but probably hasn't changed. You got to take it with your wife. So I enjoy quality right. time. I, I enjoy, you know, saying just quality time with friends and family and just having that crew. Not a whole lot of people, just that crew. So I should have known you were quality time because you you need somebody who's going to listen without distraction. telling you how your story is going to go. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you need somebody who's going to listen intently in a way. Don't marginalize me. I will marginalize you. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was amazing. Thank you so much for bringing it to the, to the table. So we're actually going to start off with a little would you rather questioning. But before that, we're going to have our break real fast for a Fisher flashback. So you've known my family for a long time, like before we were like legally family. Fortunately. Crazy. Fortunately. Like we've been friends for... We really started hanging out. Let's see. I came to... 2009-ish? 2009 is when I started going in May. I say end of 2009. So we like 10 years in this game, fam. Yeah, 10 years in the game. We've been making fun of people for 10 years. We're terrible human beings. <laughs> I hope, hope the Lord bless me with 10 more years. That's yeah. how we bonded. Is we just... Sit outside of the sanctuary and... just and rag on people. Because so we're really terrible gonna people. Wear, so you really going to put that suit on two Sundays in a row? Looking like Sherwin-Williams Easter collection. Is that the... Stop it. <laughs> Why is he mixing Easter suits up? That's 87 and 96 right there. Okay. And he was real alligator on his feet. Um, <laughs> we're terrible people. So with all that, you've seen all my Facebook posts, all my ridiculous. If you heard stories, other people probably haven't. When you think about the Thompson Fisher family, like what is your favorite? Come on, blend. Hey, come on. Oil and water. What is your favorite 
Fisher Thompson, Thompson Fisher moment that you can recall? If you don't have one, that's fine, but I'm pretty sure. Or maybe even Jason Kanisha moment. What is, when you think of our family, what's the story you think of? Mm. Let me think for a minute, because it's a lot, so many. <laughs> um, golly. Fisher Thompson, Thompson Fisher moments. I think the, the best one um, by far was watching, just watching Jason watch us. I know it's something small, but like him understanding like they are really crazy. That's my wife. That's a good friend of mine. But just seeing them interact, he just sit back and just be like, I want to say something else, but I can't. I want there's a whole nother I'm trying to I'm trying to trying like to steer PG this way. over Amen. here. Amen. But there's a whole nother story that we were all joking about last two two springs ago before our Do live I live show. Do I need to pause this so I can hear this? Nah, you know the story. You're going to have to refresh my memory. I'll refresh it later okay, on. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, I'm going to give you all the watered down version Please of do. uh the excuse me, the PG version. Just uh, just seeing that how Jason interacts cuz Jason's the quiet one. He's the Facts. He's the one to sit back and just observe. And he'll just let me and Kanisha just be me and Kanisha, which is basically like where if if I didn't have Brittany, if I didn't have Brittany on the pilot, Kanisha would probably be a great co-host to be uh, to have on. Um, I'm horrible. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, the the times we've had, the moments we've had all together, as far as church, as far as being over here, um, Jason finally came to the crib a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was under the influence. <laughs> Slightly, slightly. Slightly. It wasn't no slightly to that. Maybe. And he had never really seen me under the influence like that. So he was having a ball looking at that. He's like, this uh, fool is crazy. Yeah, we were just having a blast, man. So just the good times and just the good conversations I've had. Uh, and Jason doesn't understand my logic at all. Mm-mm. So he, it's it's fun to mess with him on things. So mm-hmm. I just say things off the wall and be like, let's see how he reacts to this. And he will react like. Him and them eyebrows. He gives so much eyebrow When work. Jason squints, I'm like, got him. Yep. Uh, okay, so, he took the bait. Go ahead. Let's let's hash this out now. That is one thing I love about my husband. Like, if I'm going to be really honest, the stark contrast between our personalities in the effect of Jason's unbothered. Like, he's really unbothered. He don't have to tell you how he what he really thinks about it. He don't have to tell you how he feels about it. He's just going to take his unbothered and pack it in a little suitcase and put it in the closet and call it a day. I'm going to tell you all about my unbothered. But Jason is so accepting of just right. about anything and anyone. He just wants everybody to, you know, what, what what's the best version of you? He lives in the gray. Yeah, and it drives me nuts. It's, it's no hot, cold. It's no yes, no. no. It's no, Very well, few things is he like that. It's basically like, okay. All right, that's good. And I'm just like, have an opinion, dude. Have an opinion. Like, seriously, what? <laughs> you might not be a friend then, you know. No, opinion. I'm not going to have an opinion. You said this. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. I'm just going to sit back and watch you. And I'm like. He does love to listen to me talk about when I come home from doing something at your house, like, you know, some uh, Bob Vila makeover that I had to help you out with. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. He's always like, LJ's good dude. I'd be like, yeah, that's what we're going to say. It's cool. I'm Don't horrible at being a handyman. I'm, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit that you've helped me put stuff at, hey, up at the crib. Hey, but you know what? You, that's manly. That's manly to be like, it's not my thing. Somebody else, it, it, you got that talent. We're going to use that talent. I learned that from F. Bruce. I have messed up many things at the crib. Mm. Minty of things Minty. at the crib. And I'm just like, if there's somebody, male or female, whatever, black, white, Hispanic, whatever. Come on, equal opportunity. That can do it better than I can. I will move my monkey A out of the way. <laughs> And I will give you some money on the side if you accept hey, it. Hey, I appreciate it. And I'm like, if I can, if you don't want money, well, here's a gift card. If you don't want a gift card, here's a meal. But Kanisha has helped me <laughs> or helped us with a lot of stuff that we're not versed in. And I'm not, I mean, it's not that 
I haven't taken the time, but it's just like I'm not, not good. I'm not good at it. It's not your thing. I've tried my best to do things around the house and mess it up worse. I'll tell you about the toilet installation of oh, uh, no. 2016. A couple, couple when we have time, yeah. another show. Yeah. Not today, but yeah. I look forward to hearing that. Just one. put. We had to call in reinforcements. Oh, Let's no. put it like that over a toilet. We're gonna we're gonna leave it with that. Yeah, let's do that. So we're gonna we're gonna get back into it uh, with your second topic, but before that, we're gonna do a quick round of Would You Rather. Okay. So don't overthink this. Just tell me what you think. You know me, I won't. I know that's fair. Yep. Don't no no disclaimer needed. Okay. Would you rather be the only one um, with a very important skill set of one particular thing, or would you know like to know a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Gotcha. Would you rather? If change the locks because you lost your keys within 50 miles of your house, or would you rather just leave it alone for a year and hope nobody figures out where you live? With my luck, somebody will figure out where I live, so I'm changing the locks. Really? Yes. I feel like you're a little bit more um, paranoid than I'll ever be. I don't trust anybody. That's fair. But like 50, like really? What's the chances of that happening? Like what's what, the if some guy, what if some hobo or some uh, felon breaks out of jail finds a set of keys and just tries my, a random lock in his mind? Yeah, so again, the percentage of that actually happening... There's a percentage, though, isn't it? Okay. So, um, mm. next. This is not going to be as fun as I thought it was. Stuck in traffic for two hours or have all of your food come out wrong at a restaurant? All of my food come out wrong at a restaurant. Traffic is not going to do it for you. I live in Shively. Dixie Highway has been mm. under construction my entire life. Since, like, 1968. Yeah, and they have not done They anything. haven't done anything. They've been digging the same hole. <laughs> I, I kid you not... The speedway by this restaurant, if y'all listening, if y'all from the south side, y'all know. The speedway by this restaurant across from uh, the trampoline park and mm-hmm. roosters and old trolleys and all that, they have been digging the same hole for about two weeks. It's going to be in it. I think it's a sidewalk, maybe a fire hydrant. Mm, maybe. I, it, it surprised me. Just fill the hole. Just fill the hole mm. and open up the other lane so I can get through. God help us. Okay, so would you, let's say you were, uh, you had a brain episode. Would you rather forget who you are or forget everybody else? There it is. I got the shoulders to go down. I win. I, I do that because I'm terrified of, mm, okay, I'm, I'm terrified just, of, uh, of uh, dementia, go, dementia and Alzheimer's. Way to go, because I always say to myself, I'm losing my mind. Would I even know it? Mm. But how frustrating would that be to to lose and not be able to remember the most important people in my life? Because so I couldn't one? imagine you coming in and trying to talk to me and I have no idea who you are or vice versa. It would it would hurt my soul to see somebody who I had so much with in life not know who not I know am. Not know who they are. Yeah. That's scary. And I, I hope I, I hope nobody has. I mean, I don't wish it on it's anybody. It's not fun. It is not fun to watch happen. Um, a, a close relative of mine in South Carolina where I'm from, I went to go visit my grandmother who was dying, mm-hmm. uh, rest in peace. Uh, she was dying at the time from cancer. And I went to go visit the people because I'm never at home. I'm never in South Carolina ever. And she, uh, we, we grew up together. She used to drive us around and she did not know who I was. And I was just like, oh. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gut check. It hurts it's a gut check. bad because she was just like, where did I know you from? Mm. And I was just like, mm, we, I, I'm such and such grandson. And she was just like, and you could tell she was like, okay. And I was like, mm, you no idea who I am. So I guess the question really stands. What seems like the the worst case scenario? Like forgetting who you are, but being able to recognize other people? Or only, you know what you know what you know about yourself, but everybody else is a stranger. Like what sounds like a worst case scenario? They're both awful. 
I think forgetting who I am is I'm gonna go with that one because mm-hmm. at least they can tell me who I am. At least my close friends can like actually remind, you. remind me and like this is who you used to be and help me through it. That's facts. I think facts. I agree with you. Good job. Last one. Would you rather go to an amusement park for the full day or family reunion? Family reunion. At the family reunion. I don't do black top well in the summer. I don't like long lines. I don't like screaming kids. I don't like any of that stuff. But family reunion, I can sit there all do you day. Ride of course. Whoa, hold on. Chill. Like I was just it was a question. Yeah. I was allowed to ask. Okay. Of course. Just checking. Yeah. I can be around the aunties and uncles and the, and the and some kids there and the food and have all that fellowship there. I love it all day long because yeah. families are very important Family's to me. Family's important. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive right on in. LJ's second topic that he brought to the table uh, sounds pretty simple, but I think we could flip us a couple ways, and that's gratitude. Mm. So you tell me straight up, like, why is that your... <laughs> Come on, Parched. If you don't... I swear. Go ahead. With it's your, amazing. It's amazing. It is. If you brought gratitude to the table, what was the reason for that particular topic? Like, you tell me your spin on it before we touch it. I feel like people have gotten away from being able to say thank you, even if it's the smallest thing. They they consider thank you to be more of a chore, more of a hassle than to just be something free, which it is. Mm-hmm. It costs you nothing. Mm-hmm. It costs you no time or anything just to be like, thank you. I mm-hmm. appreciate what you did. Even if it's, you know, it's it's not it's not something I would do. But if you help me out with something, which you have in many cases, my wife is the queen of thank you notes, mm-hmm. and not cards, not emails, not text messages. She's gonna hand write you out a note mm-hmm. and mail it to you. Not hand it to you. She's going to mail it because it needs to be personal. She was raised. And I've learned sense. a lot from Tanika doing that because I'm just like, hey. Shoot him a text to call him. She was like, no, we're going to write this out. I'm like, write, write nothing out. She was just like, no, babe, write it out. And the more I look at him, I'm just like, it, take, it meant that you took the time mm-hmm. to think about me and show me how gracious you were. And I feel like a lot of people don't say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people take everything for granted. And I try to do my best to say thank you to people. And, uh, and I'm not always perfect on it. I'm not always the best at it. But I always make sure to tell people thank you because I want somebody to feel like they did a great job, which they did. And I don't want somebody to feel like they're just being dismissed and they're nothing. And it, it pisses me off to see small things as I let you merge in front of me in traffic. Mm. Put a hand up. That's it. Or else I'm going to ram into the back of you your car. You can cuss me out in the car. You, can cuss, you might not even like me. You might not even like black men or whatever. But Just something. Just acknowledge just the fact a that thumbs somebody up. did something. Hold the door for somebody. I held the door for these guys that worked the other day. I was coming up the steps. They were coming down, and they we were going to like ran it, run into each other. I, I just moved out the way. Only one of those four, one, said thank you. Everybody, they kept talking like I wasn't even there, and it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. But just telling, like, I, I'll, I'll just say thank you, man, for listening. Thank you for, like, I told my good friend, um, and we've had our moments. We've had our ups and downs or whatever, and I got to put this out here because I'm going to tell everybody that I'm on the show, and I talked about them on it. Uh, my good friend Murph, Ronaldo Murphy. The reason I got into this whole podcast thing, mm-hmm. I owe everything to Murph. Uh, so he didn't get my first writing gig, but he put the mic in front of my face and was just like, "I want you on here because I see something in you." Smart. And some friends will do that. Good right. friends will definitely see your qualities and put right. you in the right and he, position. He, the reason I got into podcasting, I was talking trash in the barbershop about Louisville, and he heard me and was just like, "I'm thinking about doing this show, doing a podcast." You know what that is? I'm like, I don't know what that is. Mm-mm. He explained it to Do me. Do you know how many people our age don't know what podcast is? A lot. Like a lot. A lot. How do I listen to it? Is it like, on the what, internet? What is it? Do I need to? Is it the YouTube? Yeah. What? 
And, and I was amazed. It's very amazing. But Murph gave me the opportunity. He gave me my first shot. So all credit goes to Murph. Ronaldo Murphy, shout out to him. But um, the other day I hit him up. I was just like, man, we have come a long way from recording in your kitchen to now we're both. He's got three, five KY sports, which is taking off, booming. And I was like one of the beginning members of that, me, him, and Matt. And now it's like he's doing, he's everywhere. I see them everywhere. It's dope. It's dope. And I'm like, man. Dude, I, just, I did pictures for y'all. y'all yeah, did. yeah. And I told him, I was like, man, I just wanted to let you know I'm very proud of you, man. He was like, I'm proud of you. He was like, every time I hear you on the radio, dude, I stopped listening because I saw something in you. And I said, thank you for just believing in me and thank you for giving me this opportunity because without you, I'm, I, and I, I've been thinking about that for a while. I'm like, when I get my acceptance speech for whatever I do, when I get an award for this, I'm going to thank Murphy. I'm like, no, I'm going to give him his roses right now while he's yeah. alive. Yeah, that's real. Um, and that's real because like for the longest time, like I said, we, we bumped heads before. We haven't saw eye to eye on some things. Um, we didn't talk for a couple of months and that's it. But every time he see me, he show me love that's every true. single time. And every time I see him, I let him know, like, hey, man, appreciate everything you do. Mm-hmm. Appreciate everything you've done for me. Because without him saying, hey, here's a shot, I'm sitting press row because of him. Yeah. And right. I mean, and the fact that you can identify that out loud right. and give somebody else accolades and say, the reason why I am here yeah. is because this is where I started. I, I, I sit on press row. I sit with some of the Hall of Fame coaches in college basketball. I'm, like, in, asking them questions. I'm, like, had he not reached out to me about doing a podcast, I'd be just another dude at home. Mm-hmm. Chilling. I mean, paying us upstairs. Now, granted, like a lot of stuff I did, <laughs> right? A lot of stuff I did was my own doing, but like he got everything rolling. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to do none of that. But just podcast. I'm like, let me just start writing now. Let me start doing this. I want to see how this takes off. He pushed that. Now we're trying to do some other business ventures together. Uh, hopefully, it'll come to fruition. But I said thank you to him because I owe him a lot. Like I said, we we butted heads on some things, and that's what that's of what course. people do. But I owe him a lot. That's so, dope. man, Murphy, if you listen to this, brother, appreciate you. And I owe you a lot. And uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're here. Yeah, so, go ahead and hit subscribe, Murphy. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> what I see, and gratitude for me, I pay attention. Like I tell people, I have really good discernment. I can see things and, and, and innuendos and undercurrents of things really well. The, the way that people respond to Chick-fil-A will tell you mm. what we're missing as a culture. Because Chick-fil-A genuinely... When you think about it, I'm going to say this out loud, I'm probably going to get stoned when I walk no, outside. not by me. They don't actually do anything We've had special. this conversation before. Go they ahead. They don't do anything Speak on special. It. Speak on it. Show light. The only thing that Chick-fil-A does, mm. first of all, if you can get your hands on a Chick-fil-A manual, a training manual, you can change the world. Because the key factors that they have in there are, number one, be polite. Number two, address people by name. Number three... They stop saying you're welcome because My pleasure. you're welcome sounds like, um, I know that I did that for you and you're welcome that I took the time. My pleasure says it was actually a joy for me to do it and I would do it again. That's, just because they said my pleasure, the entire world spun on its axis. They didn't know how to act. So Chick-fil-A was like, one up, watch this. We will make sure that everybody we hire understands that your time is not yours when you're in this building. When you are in Chick-fil-A, you become what Chick-fil-A represents. So they're really good about it. Now, I don't believe in some of their other philosophy philosophies that, uh, you know, some of their believers believe in. Gay but, marriage and whatnot. Hmm? Gay marriage and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, they, they got some really screwed up things and, you know, conversion therapy that they invest in. Uh, and I really wish that you, you can't, unfortunately, you cannot have your cake and eat it too in this world. Somebody's mm. always going to have something skewed about them. But what I do like is... 
You have these kids, kids, 16, 17, or 18 year old kids sitting outside in the heat under an umbrella, sweating like nobody's business. But when you on check food, and they pay them well, and they have started an entire culture of how people expect to be treated in a drive-thru. So now, without doing anything special, all they serve is chicken. Chicken, french fries, here's some, here's some milkshakes. That's all they do. There's nothing special about it. Yeah, it tastes great, but it honestly probably tastes better because better. of the service that you're getting. You can take anything and make it better by service. Hands down. I've watched people do it in the photography world for business. I've watched terrible photographers as far as the product that they're putting out looks overly photoshopped, highlights are blown, shadows are terrible. I've watched people be terrible photographers for 20, 30 years, <laughs> 20, 30 years, because they built a relationship with their clients to where their clients won't go anywhere else. I know there's a lot of people who y'all probably should have found another photographer about 10 years ago when I was starting out and I would reshoot all your pictures for free. But the fact of the matter is because of the relationship that I built with them, they stay with me. And now the quality that they're receiving reflects the gratitude that I have. Mm. What did I tell you last year? About what? I said, you've kept it so real with us, I'm always going to come back to you, regardless of whatever pops up. If it's some photography, logo, um, headshot, whatever it has to do with anything handyman or handy woman in this case, or photography-wise, we're starting with Kenesha Fisher. We're starting with Once Upon a Flash because she has shown us that she is a reliable person that she's going to always F with us and if, if she's going to work with us. Now, granted, some people be like, nah, man, whatever, you get you on your own. The, to your Chick-fil-A point, which we, I think me, you, and Brittany had this debate. Me, you, I and Tamir, so. I think we did, but that was perfect way because I noticed not only, not only did people start picking up on what Chick-fil-A was doing when they first started blowing, when they first started doing standalone stores and not just being in the mall or whatnot, mm -hmm. not only that, but people, I, I'm, I went to Wendy's and I'm like, they're bringing your food out to you at Wendy's now. Go. McDonald's is bringing. I don't eat McDonald's, but I'm pretty sure they're doing that. Uh, or, in, in not to cut you off, no. but at the same time, when you go to Wendy's and it's what you want, it's it's like, do I want to eat here? You didn't. You didn't even. How how rude do you? Every single thing is highlighted now when you go through a drive-through because of what the standard that Chick Fil A put out. You can't go through a drive-through anywhere else and not immediately wonder. Is my food going to be right because of the level of service that I'm not receiving? That's the standard. If you, it's not even a running joke. If, if Chick-fil-A messes up your order, you damn near own the store now. I, they messed up my order one time. And it wasn't even a mess it up. It wasn't even a Kanisha, mess up. They, they get, just knew what you they, needed. They, 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 I asked for no ice in my, in my drink. They gave me ice. Oh, my gosh. I got half the store. I got money in the bag. They gave me half the chicken they owned. I owned the car behind me. They was like, it's all, <laughs> is there anything else? I got a gift card. I'm not joking. They, they put a gift card in the bag. They're going to make it right. And I'm just like, it was just some ice. But they I, were just I like, just... no, our reputation's on the line. Yeah. Our reputation's on the line. Granted, the same-sex marriage thing a couple summers ago when they had the appreciation day when they were just giving out chicken, you know, that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And, and you it's know, a lot of things you love who you love, you do what you do, not, you know, just do, live your life. Mm -hmm. They're not perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But granted, when I go to they got the edge on this. When I go to Chick Fil A, I know I'm going to get great service. Forget the food. I know my service is going to be great, except for in Atlanta, Georgia, when we went, wow. which I don't understand how the headquarters in Atlanta. I don't understand how that service it was, was so it was bad. An off day. It was but off it must have been. One, it just must have been a bad morning for them because I didn't get no my pleasures. I get uh, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. You like? Oh, is this Chick Fil A? Did yeah. I pull up at at at, at Bojangles? Why is my Why is my chicken biscuit? Uh, cold and hard, man. 
Like Jesus heart, didn't die for like this. Yeah, I know, right? You got this Jesus chicken. You better put it on a nice biscuit. Jesus the Lord the will want life. me to have a warm biscuit. He's now. The bread of life. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that. Can I get the living all, word lemonade, please? <laughs> don't you ever. So, <laughs> I can't do it. I think that we need to realize that not only is thank you uh, and gratitude itself such a huge way to make up for anything. Like it it overshadows any error you could have. But when you decide, you don't don't want to use it as a caveat. Oh, I'll just say thank you and then anything I do wrong will be fine. More importantly, find a way to show gratitude. First, that should be, I, what, when you were growing up, was that not a sentence, an attitude of gratitude? Like have an attitude of gratitude? I don't know where I've heard We had a lot from. of sentences. Uh, blessed to be stressed was mine uh, when I was a kid. Go ahead with the story though. Oh goodness. So what <laughs> I think is sometimes you need to start with gratitude. 85%, I read this in a business blog, 85% of businesses would put themselves at the front of the line if they would start their responses to their potential clients with, Thank you so much for choosing to um, choosing to contact me. Thank you so much for choosing to contact me. And I'm like, what? That's that's normal. You hear that drive through? Thanks for thank you for choosing rallies. Thank you for choosing canes. Thank you for choosing this to, because you didn't to have to. Th- hey, because you didn't have to. So just saying thank you first. When someone calls me and says, "Hey, got your number from such and such. You do beautiful work. We want to get a family session." When I don't go, oh. A family session is X, Y, and Z with me. Because the first, it, I, I had to pause when I was saying it right then. Because the first thing is, oh, thank you so much for contacting me. And thank you for your kind words about my work. Because they didn't have to say that. Just because such and such referred me, there's 50,000 photographers in Louisville. The fact that you stopped, saw my work, had the, had the decency to come and tell me that you mm. liked it, you better believe I'm going to say thank you. And depending on the, the, the size of orders and how quick I can get to the post office, I have been known to yeah. pen a handwritten thank you letter. I know you hate post office as well. Oh, gosh. Um, it's, it's such a... Well, you know what? I've moved. Um, I've changed my ways. St. Matthew's post office used to bring out the worst in me. The Hunsinger Lane post office, shout out to them, because there's like three women in there, and they work their butts off, and I have had no issues. I just sent something to Scotland like two weeks ago, and... It Come on, well. international. Come on. Come on. The thing with me, I know we got to Kirk House Field uh, real quick, <laughs> and we got, we got to wrap it up. But thing with me is why I told myself when I write and I'm putting myself on Twitter, I get so many people saying, man, great read. Thank you for saying this. Oh, this is an awesome read. And I go through, I make a point to go through every single comment, every single person that says something that says thank you. Because as I always say in my title and myself, you don't have to read this. Mm-mm. You don't have to follow me. You don't have to retweet it or share it or tell your friends about it. You don't have to do any of this. But I appreciate you do because you can honestly read the first couple sentences and, and go about your day and start reading something else or start scrolling on Instagram or whatever. Thanks. So I make it a point to tell my readers, my followers, like, man, thank you. I mean, I know Brittany kind of clowns is like, oh, you think you're famous? Like, no, honestly, I appreciate that because, man, I, I was scared that people, I'm going to get like 35 people reading this, one of them being my mama and my sister and my wife. So 27, you know what I'm saying? 32 <laughs> maybe, people. Maybe that many. But. I tell I'm I'm getting like all these clicks and people just like oh man I love your work and I'm just like oh really and when you start having players from the team follow your stuff and players parents reach out to me I had some parent he was like man we found you on this and our son you know he plays for U of L and you're our connection and he texted me the other day he's like I just want to say thank you man for just letting us into your world and I'm like man no thank you mm-hmm. for reading my stuff and believing in me he was just like no problem turns out this guy is one of the most connected guys in Atlanta man like. 
But that's but you know what? It's that gratitude and I didn't that even, opens doors for people. I said, I, I don't want to ask, I don't want to meddle, sir, but what are you doing? He told me what he did. And I'm like, he was like, yeah, I'm in London right now. I was at the Grammys. He was at the Grammys a couple weeks ago. And I'm mm. like, what do you do? Mm. <laughs> Turns out he was just, he's just one of the most connected men, uh, businessmen in Atlanta. His son plays for Louisville. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Hey, hey. I'm not trying to put him out hey. there. But um, yeah, uh, just thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for listening to all my stuff or whatnot. I know we got to go. But um, well. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. And, and you know, I think tell, tell the people around you that you care about, thank you. Tell the people who you know, thank you. Tell tell the people who you love, thank you. Tell the people who hate on you, thank you. <laughs> like, whatever you want to do. Nobody hates on you, by the way. Your but, hate was my motivation. Oh, gosh, stop it. You ain't got no hate. Lame. I don't. Thanks for bringing the topic. No I problem. really appreciate it. And, you know, show a little gratitude. It, whether it's something simple um, or whether it's a grand gesture, find a way. We talked about that um, in a couple of podcasts ago about you know, finding the people you love and taking the time to say thank you to them on a daily mm. basis just for loving you, just for being with you. Because you, you're a lot. You're a lot of work. And sometimes you have to take the person who you love and realize that you show them the least amount of gratitude. Right. Thank you for taking out the trash. Thank you for folding up that laundry. Thank you. Say thank you. Say to, thank you to your kids. The, the wife does that to me all the time. She tells me thank you for the smallest stuff. She's yeah. like, thanks for taking the trash out. Thank you for... And you're like, I'm supposed to do that. And I'm just like, it, it gets on my skin and she's just like, I just want to let you know that you're appreciated. And yeah. I'm like... My taking out the trash? Like I, I heard my mom tell my dad thank you for something the other day. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, yeah, I tell her thank you. It was like, hey, thanks for you know folding the clothes. Thanks for putting the clothes away. Thanks for sweeping the floor. And I'm like, but this is what we're supposed to do. She was like, just but take still. a minute. Just take a minute and say thank you. And it probably, while it may get under your skin because you're like, I'm supposed to do that, it probably means a lot to know that she pays attention to the things that you do and how much it benefits your family. It didn't at first, but now I'm just like, I see why she's doing it. Yeah. So you just learn a lot. But yeah, uh, do that. Yeah. So thank you again for being on the show. Now no that problem. Now that we got to do that in uh, gratitude there. So contact info for LJ the Fiasco. Go on, go on, run down the list. I LJ the like Fiasco on Twitter. Uh, LJ underscore T-H-A underscore F-I-A-S-C-L. That's on Twitter. Uh, my posts normally drop on Monday mornings. I recap Louisville football and basketball, and I do a couple other uh, focus pieces on the players. Uh Potluck Podcast. Once again, that is not like this show. Um, that is definitely going to get an M.A. rating. M.A. rating, definitely. Uh, we use a lot of expressive language, uh, mm -hmm. some of which is... Uh, now, I'll, I'll tell you, they funny as I'll get out and ridiculous. We're, excuse me, I'm vulgar. Yes, it, that's true. Uh, I tone it down a lot. Brittany's trying to be a better person. Brittany's Brittany's trying to be a better person. She's trying best. not to, but my mouth, I just express myself the way I want to because, hey, YOLO. But um, yeah, you can find us. You can find my co-host, Britta. She's on Twitter, and she's also on Instagram. Um, like I said, new shows every Monday. We are recording tomorrow morning, and we are approaching our 100th episode on the Potluck so Podcast. Pumped. So pumped. Shout out to my homegirl, Brittany, and shout out to my homeboy, Kev, who allows us to record at his spot, uh, rent-free. Hey. Uh, we pay him in other ways, weed. <laughs> and I'm just messing <laughs> I didn't been good this whole episode. Oh, I got I got to pull it, LJ. The um the views of the the views of the potluck podcast, and LJ the fiasco, do not reflect, reflect the views on the uh, make the, the pancake pancakes. <laughs> nah, but um, do you know how many times I've almost said potluck podcast because of pancake like, podcast? We want you on there. Oh, I'm uh, I'm coming on there. But yeah, man, uh, I'm I, I got some nice things to work. It's not really reveal what I'm doing. I'll tell you after the show because yeah, we'll you're about. the homie and we'll I run all my business decisions through you. But yeah, shout out to everybody. Shout out <laughs> to you, man, Kanisha. Y'all support this. Hit subscribe. The homie's doing a lot of great things for the community, and this is a great podcast, and I really, really, really wish I would have thought of it because it's perfect. <laughs> well, thank you for that. It's Real perfect. quick, we got five questions for you. Okay. And then we're out of here. Yeah. Um, would you rather have a nice car or a nice interior of your home? Nice home. Uh, unlimited money or unlimited free time? 
Unlimited free time. Mm, that's an interesting horror movie or comedy. Horror. Are you watching it at home or in the theater? Home. Are you going to rock a sweater or a hoodie? Hoodie. Hey, because yeah. you just so normal. I lied about the money part because I really would like nice. some lending money because I can do a whole lot of stuff. Hey, you can make can I change time? that? You can make your free time with your money. I will have a lot of free time with the money, so I'm changing that. Unlimited money. Dude, you're doing it right. Yeah. I'm proud of you. You're out rest. here winning. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, for the Make You Pancake podcast, you can contact us at any point. Make You Pancakes on both Instagram and Facebook. Make You Pancake podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let me know what you are grateful for, how you show your gratitude, and ways that maybe somebody has uh, said thank you to you and it really meant more than just those words. So we're going to get out of here. LJ's got things to do. We got to get taxes done. It's almost April. You out here slipping. Uh, so with that... Always I don't want to see why we're ending on that note, but I mean, you know, you got work to do. But you know what? You're a whole grown up. I got warrants and I got people I owe. You a whole And now they know that that refund's coming. You know what? Fine. Thank you for tuning in today. Look forward to seeing you all next week. And you know what happens when life gets you down? You got to pour a little cheer up on your pancakes. Let's go.